0: Hello and welcome back to the Colts Convert Podcast. This is your host, Derek, and today we are going to continue my 2020 fantasy football preview. I've gone through 1 through 15, and I'm going to continue with the next five of my top fantasy football players. I'm going to be doing 16 through 20 today. Left off with Travis Kelsey, number 15, on the last episode. So, 16, I'm going to start with Joe Mixon, running back for the Cincinnati Bengals. And a common theme that you'll see from 16 through 20 is running backs. This is the end of the second round now, and... Running backs are going to be a rare breed in this range. A lot of running backs fly off the board in the first two rounds. So as we get closer to round three type players, it's going to be more and more important to start thinking about getting at least one one running back because when you talk about a workhorse type running back or a a running back that's going to get volume in the run and passing game, you're not going to find those guys after you get past the top 25, top 30. So be prepared for a lot of running backs, these next few players, starting with Joe Mixon. He's proven that he can be a workhorse running back. Last year, Not a lot of great things happened for the Bengals last season. As we all know, they had the number one pick. But one of the bright spots was Joe Mixon. And he was able to have a really solid season, even though the old line was not very good. A.J. Green did not play. And the quarterback situation, of course, was a, a big question mark. The Bengals were not a very good team. The offense, especially, was not very good. But Joe Mixon was still able to have over a 1,000 yards, five rushing touchdowns, 35 catches, three receiving touchdowns. Very solid season, considering the pieces that he had or the lack of pieces that he had around him in Cincinnati. And he took on... Most of the workload there over the last few seasons, there were questions whether Giovanni Bernard might split carries with Mixon, but Mixon proved he's the workhorse back in Cincinnati, 278 carries last season, and so I think heading into the 2020 season, the outlook is even brighter for Joe Mixon. They've shored up that O-line a little bit more in the offseason. And Joe Burrow, of course, has been selected number one pick by the Bengals. <clears throat> so I expect the offense to be a lot better this season. A.J. Green is coming back. So there should be a lot better better offense around Joe Mixon, open up that offense just a little bit more, hopefully some bigger holes there from the that uh, the old line will be producing in the run game. The offense will be spread out more this year with Joe Burrow at quarterback and some of those weapons coming back at receiver. So I expect Joe Mixon to have an even better season this year and with the Bengals hoping to be in the red zone more often hoping to have more goal line opportunities i think think that just increases the number of touchdowns that joe mixon will score this year or at least the opportunities in the goal line so he had five touchdowns last year i expect him to have more than 5 this year i expect him to be around the same carries maybe even more yards and probably probably more catches. He had 35 last season. I think Burrow will use him in that passing game. He is used to having some receiving-type running backs, Clyde Edwards-Elair at LSU. That offense that they ran last year at LSU did focus on getting the back involved in the offense, so I think he will use Mixon as a check down, as an outlet, especially as he learns that NFL game. I think Joe Burrow will definitely make sure that he gets Mixon involved in the passing game as well. So I think this is just a great example of a player who had a great season last year. And I, I don't think I'm making that this prediction that he's going to have a great season based off of just solely last year. He had the great season last year, and also the year before as well. But his outlook looks maybe even better than the last couple of seasons because of some of the improvements that the team has made and the offense has made. So I think it's a great balance of he's proven it before, and then he's also still young enough and has a better offensive outlook with the Bengals to project him to have just as good or even better of a season last year Uh, and to have a solid 2020 season and continue to be the Bengals' workhorse back. So I like Joe Mixon there at 16. 17, we're sticking in the division, the same division. We're going with Nick Chubb running back for the Cleveland Browns. And just another young, talented back in that division. Had a great season last year and also proved that he can be a workhorse back. Almost 1,500 yards rushing, eight touchdowns, 36 catches. And he just shined last year in that Cleveland Browns offense There were some questions about the Cleveland Browns offense in general. I know there was a lot of drama just with Baker Mayfield trying to get Odo Beckham Jr. acclimated to the offense. They were very hyped up heading into the season and didn't quite have the win total that they wanted, considering all of the the hype and expectations that surrounded that team last year. But... Nick Chubb did not disappoint as the lead back for the Browns. And if he was just the only guy there and there wasn't a Kareem Hunt that was behind him, I would consider Nick Chubb a top 10 back, a top 10 overall pick. But there's still that question for me is what Kareem Hunt's role is going to be moving forward. There is some optimism as far as Nick Chubb's continued workload because of the last eight games when Kareem Hunt was a part of the roster and was playing in games. He wasn't so much involved in the rushing game as he was as a receiver. So once Kareem Hunt was reinstated from his suspension, he ended up being the main receiving back. And just as an example, Nick Chubb had 36 receptions last season. Before Kareem Hunt came in to the fold, Nick Chubb had 25 catches in those first eight games. The last eight games when Kareem Hunt was playing, Nick Chubb had 11 receptions. So his role in the receiving game went down a lot when Kareem Hunt began playing for the Browns. So if we we take that small sample size of the eight games that Kareem Hunt was involved with the Cleveland Browns offense, it seems like Nick Chubb will continue to be the main workhorse back in the running game, but Kareem Hunt will take some of that receiving duty and be more of the third down back. I think he will be a more, uh, more involved in the rushing game as well and take some carries from Nick Chubb, but I don't think enough to get worried about Chubb losing that workhorse role. So I am still very optimistic that Chubb will have a great season running the ball. I think he'll be somewhere around that 1,200-yard range, still have around the same touchdowns. I think he'll still be the primary goal line back. So I still expect him to be having a solid rushing year. Um, The reason I ranked him maybe a little lower than other people is because I think his receiving numbers will go down from last year because I think Kareem Hunt will continue to be that main receiving back. But you never know. There's still a lot of time in the offseason left. There may be a team that's interested in maybe trading for Kareem Hunt. So who knows? It might be a case where Kareem Hunt gets traded and then we're back to Nick Chubb being the main guy and kind of having some more responsibilities in the receiving game as well and that would be a, a much different situation where you're now considering Chubb a you know top tier running back but even with Kareem Hunt in the mix i still think Chubb is a very solid back and i'll be looking at him for sure in the second round if he is available and then moving on to number 18 I'm going Josh Jacobs. Yeah, I wasn't lying about these running backs. This is where you're going to see a run of running backs in this range. Second round, third round. These running backs are going to be flying off the board because they are few and far between. And Josh Jacobs had a phenomenal rookie season last year. And he took the load right from the get-go 242 carries over a thousand yards rushing seven rushing touchdowns in only 13 games he did have some injury issues missed three games so even more impressive that he had almost 1200 yards rushing seven touchdowns in 13 games just shows you his potential and again similar to joe mixon I think his outlook is even greater this year because of the improvements of the Oakland Raiders offense. A lot of teams started loading the box against Josh Jacobs last season. And I think it's going to be a lot more spread out for the Raiders this year. They added a lot of weapons on the outside. They added some some speed, of course, with Henry Ruggs being drafted in the first rounds. So I expect those types of additions to be very helpful for that Oakland Raiders offense to spread out a little bit, provide some more room for Josh Jacobs to work, hopefully open up some bigger gaps for him in the run game and allow him to have even more room, which is very scary. I mean, he he did a very good job in itself. Just even in those situations where they were loading up the box, he still was able to provide a lot of yards. But I think his yards per carry will go up this season because they are going to open up that offense a little bit more in Oakland. But the knock on Jacobs as far as just compared to some of those other workhorse backs – is his ability to catch the football out of the backfield. He did show the ability to do it. I think he has the skills to be a three-down back. They just did not really get him involved. He had 20 catches, I believe, last season. And every week it seemed like John Gruden was just saying, we're going to get him involved more, we're going to get him involved more. And they really did not live up to those promises so, I'm not sure how much I could take John Gruden at his word when he says that he's going to get Josh Jacobs more involved in the receiving game this season. Their offseason moves tell me that they are going to continue to use Jacobs primarily as the main running back. And with Jalen Richard still there, I think he'll still be that primary third down back catching the ball at the backfield. But they also added. Devonte Booker, former Devo, uh, Denver Bronco. And also drafted Lynn Bowden, the former Kentucky do-it-all offensive player. And if you've noticed the number that Lynn Bowden has, I believe they gave him 33, but it, it is a 30s number. So I think they expect to maybe use him not only as a receiver, as a slot, which was, which is the position that he was expected to play in the NFL, but I think they will use him as a third down type back as well in that offense, maybe a wildcat type quarterback. So those types of moves and those types of players still being there on the Raiders roster make me think that Jacobs will still have that limited role in the receiving game. But I'm still okay with that, especially in that range, the end of the second round, middle of the second round type range. I'm still okay drafting a player like like Josh Jacobs because I know he's going to get the rock on the ground. I know he's going to get the opportunities at the goal line to score touchdowns. And you just hope that he maybe gets more involved in the receiving game. But that would just be a bonus for me. So I do like Josh Jacobs. I know he had a a great season last year, but I expect him to be another one of these players that takes a a step forward this year, especially with some of those additions on the the Raiders offense. I think it'll be a lot more wide open for him to increase his yards per, uh, per carry. And then number 19, surprise, surprise, another running back. I'm going Kenyon Drake with the Arizona Cardinals. Another running back had a really solid year last year. He was traded about halfway through the season from the Dolphins to the Cardinals, and he stepped in right away with the Cardinals and provided a nice spark for them at the running back position. And he took over right away from uh, David Johnson, of course, who has been dealing with injuries over the last few seasons You thought there might be a split in carries between David Johnson and Kenyon Drake when Drake arrived from Miami, but that really wasn't the case. Drake took over the running back duties. He took most of the carries from David Johnson, and I think now that David Johnson is in Houston now, there's really no question that Kenyon Drake will be the main back. He will take most of the carries in that Cardinals offense. It's just a matter of how many carries will he get, how involved will Kenyon Drake be in that offense, considering that they're going to be throwing the ball. They added DeAndre Hopkins. We already know how high-flying that offense is, and I think it's going to take another positive step with the development of Kyler Murray. So they're going to be throwing the ball a lot. but So that might be a a. Good and bad thing for Kenyon Drake because I think he will have plenty of wide open gaps as defenses try to stop that spread attack. I think that'll give him plenty of room to have a lot of wide open scenarios. And you talk about yards per carry with Josh Jacobs, I expect Kenyon Drake's yards per carry to be one of the best in the league. This season, because I think there are going to be a lot of openings for him to work with. And he's a very impressive receiving back as well. Had 50 receptions total between Miami and Arizona last season. 28 of those 50 receptions were with the Cardinals. But he's. Shown his ability to catch the ball out of the backfield. And I think those numbers might go up this year in Arizona. I think they're going to get him involved a lot in the passing game. But also expect those rushing numbers to go up a little bit. I know they're going to be throwing the ball more than most teams. But I still think that they're going to get him involved in the running game and have that balance and take advantage of some of those empty boxes that the defense will be providing because they're going to be so focused on stopping Kyler Murray. They're going to be so focused on stopping DeAndre Hopkins and Larry Fitzgerald and Christian Kirk and some of these receivers that I think they would be smart as an offense to still take advantage of of those openings that are going to be in the running game and letting Kenyon Drake do his thing. He showed his explosion in the running game last season had a game of 166 yards rushing and 137 yards rushing. So he he can take the workload and he can provide you some big time games on the ground. There will be some questions as far as how much he'll be participating in the receiving game will he be the the three down back that some of these elite backs are earlier on in the first and early second round because you also have chase edmonds there who who proved that he can be productive especially in the receiving game had some solid games last year filling in as the starting back when some of those running backs were injured so I think he will be involved as a third-down type back. And then they also drafted you know Benjamin, the running back from Arizona State, and he's kind of that same third-down receiving back. So they might work into some of that receiving duties for Kenyon Drake and might take away some of his catches. But I don't think they'll take away too many of those catches, and I think Drake will still be featured as the main running back and take most of the carries. So, I like Drake in this, in this range. Again, going through the draft, if you haven't gotten a running back first or second round, you're going to want to try to pick one of these guys up, like a Drake, Josh Jacobs, one of these types of guys that you're wanna, going to grab. because it's just going to get less and less likely that you're going to have one of these types of guys available in the fourth round or fifth round. So, Kenyon Drake, I expect him, now that he's going to be more, he's, he's comfortable now with that Arizona Cardinals offense, having had a half season with the Cardinals, I think he's going to take a step up and be their feature back again this season. So to round out the top 20 here, number 20, I'm going with Mike Evans, receiver for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I mentioned his teammate earlier in these rankings, Chris Godwin, and also mentions, just talking about, now that Tom Brady is the quarterback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, there's there's going to be some question marks Heading into the season, about how this offense will end up being. Who's going to be the main receiver for Tom Brady? You expect the offense to be more efficient than it was with Jameis Winston, but are they going to let the ball fly as much as they did with Jameis Winston? Winston had, I think, well over 5,000 yards passing last year, are they going to throw the ball that much with Tom Brady? If they do, watch out. Godwin and Mike Evans should be top picks if they're going to throw the ball like they did last season with Tom Brady. But I'm, I'm not so sure if they're going to have that type of pass ratio. I think they're going to run the ball more. I think they're going to be a little bit more efficient with their passes and not throw as many deep balls. So, there's still some question marks about how this offense will go. I ranked Godwin higher than Evans because I think Evan I think Chris Godwin fits more of Tom Brady's style, throwing to slot receivers, more intermediate type game. And Evans' strength has always been more of stretching the defense, deep balls, jump balls, red zone type situations. He's going to be more of your long yardage guy. So I think he, if there's any receiver that is going to have less production in this type of Tom Brady-led offense, I think it is going to be Mike Evans. He had another solid season last year, 67 catches, almost 1,200 yards receiving and eight touchdowns in 13 games. He did deal with some injuries. I think he had a, a hamstring issue that he was dealing with. So he did have a solid season. It's just I'm more on these projections. I'm looking at how he will fit into this new Tom Brady-led offense because you talk about Tom Brady, you talk about efficiency. And you talk about Mike Evans, he's not the most efficient receiver. When you talk about his catch percentages and his catches compared to his targets, he had 50 a 56.8% catch percentage. Last season, 62% catch percentage in 2018. And just to kind of compare that to some other receivers in the league, last season, Michael Thomas had an 80.5% catch percentage, and that's very elite. I know that Michael Thomas is more of the intermediate, shorter-range type receiver, so his percentage is going to be a little bit higher uh, a little bit higher, but Tyler Lockett seventy four point five percent, DeAndre Hopkins sixty nine point three percent, Stephon Diggs sixty seven percent, and Mike Evans's teammate Chris Godwin had a seventy one percent catch percentage. So the reason Mike Evans is twenty on my list, I know some people might have him higher. It's just the uncertainty about how he'll fit in in this scheme. Because I I can actually see it going both ways. Because having a more efficient quarterback in Brady, that might actually make Evans more efficient. Where he'll get some more accurate throws. And he'll be able to actually raise that percentage up and take more advantage of the targets that he's going to get this season and actually be more productive. But... I'm thinking that he'll still have a solid season, but I think he'll be a little less productive. Because, mostly because I don't know if he'll have as many touchdowns with the addition of Rob Gronkowski. I think that will kind of eat into his red zone looks. Brady has a lot of experience with Gronkowski, so if Gronkowski is healthy, I think he'll be the number one red zone target as opposed to Mike Evans. Evans will still get his looks in the red zone, but I, I think it'll be less than it was in previous seasons, where he was the legitimate number one red zone target. I think he'll he might cede those duties or share those duties with Gronkowski if Gronkowski is ready to go and he is healthy for the 2020 season. So, Evans is one of the question marks for me. He's, I think he's one of the a little riskier picks. That's why I have him a little lower on my board. But if he hits, he could be a top five receiver considering his talent, considering his ability to stretch the defense and score touchdowns, that risk could pay off with great rewards. So definitely keep an eye out for Mike Evans. And he rounds out my top 20 picks for the 2020 fantasy football season. I think I'm just going to keep on going with this Not a lot of NFL football news out there. I'll continue to try to update you with as much news as I can if there's any big stories that come out. But until then, I'm I'm having a lot of fun with this. I think I'm just going to keep going. And so next episode, I'll come out with 21 through 25. But thank you again for listening to the Colts Convert Podcast. Have a great rest of your day. Take care.